Welcome back to Use Your Words Podcast, where Aaron has actually read a book for once. It's been a few months now. Delaying the inevitable, delaying the end of the book. But here we are once again to discuss chapters 19 and 20 of Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Now, why the I don't expression know. on your face there, Mr. Johnson? I don't know. Okay. I was just curious because all of a sudden you had a weird expression on your face. Well, weird than normal. And then, so I was like, wait, what's going on now with him? Yeah. I've read books. Just having a hard time with this one. It's a very thick book. I'm not. I I should have never done this one. Why? This is way above my brain level. There's a book I do have a recommendation for you on. It is at your brain level. And Don't it's say available. the Lionsteins or the Bernstein Bears. No, actually. Okay. And it is on Audible. Or Bernstein, whoever. Yeah. It is on Audible. On Audible. I'm about three quarters of the way through it myself, but it is a good book. What? What is it? Why do you have this like look on you like, like this? Like you're waiting for a hammer to fall or something. This is a book that you said you're going to beat me. And getting through, even though no, I got uh, it no, you. no, oh, okay, <laughs> that's okay. not on Audible yet. Oh, okay, but I am still gonna beat you on that book, anyways, for sure. Uh, because I'm a couple chapters in already, so yeah, I'm, yeah, I haven't I'm, started it. So it is on Audible. Yeah, it's by John Lovell. I do. I don't know who that is. You don't? Okay. No. Warrior Poet Society. What's I've heard that before, yep. but I don't know. So the book is called The Warrior Poet Way. The Warrior Poet Way. Yeah. Cool. It's been a pretty good one. I have about, it says here, two and a half hours left in the book. Oh, nice. And it's read by John. You know, I've got a book too. What's that? The Art of War. The Art of War. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you expect me to believe that you read that? I don't know. I haven't read it yet. Like I haven't. I've, I've picked it up and dabbled at it, but I haven't actually read it. It's, it's very short. I, I, I'm assuming you obviously know what it is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sun Tzu. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's an old. It's it's a very. It's a standard. Uh, it's just. It's on my list. I haven't read it. I had looked. Yes. It's on. Oh, my, okay. It's on my because in December. Audible had a two-for-one sale. Okay. If you had credits, I should say. Right. So I had three credits, so I was able to get six books. Oh, wow. Okay. That wasn't from then, but uh, yeah. So. But yeah, it's a 13-chapter book, real short, uh, real small. The. Art of War. Oh, Art of War. It's 13 chapters. Yeah. Oh, it's just like poetry. It's philosophy. Or it's philosophy. Yes. Oh, I thought it was like a poet poetry book type thing. It's poetry that's philosophy. Philosophical. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I obviously our friend gave it to me, and he was just showing me like how much the actual book is versus the commentary for it. I was just like, so here's the description, the summary of. The Art of War. Okay. The, the, oh, The Art of War. Okay. The 13 chapters of The Art of War, each devoted to one aspect of warfare. 
were compiled by the high-ranking Chinese military general, strategist, and philosopher Sun Tzu. In spite of its battlefield specificity, the art of war has found new life in modern age with leaders in fields as wide and far-reaching as world politics, human psychology, corporate strategy, finding valuable insight into the time-worn words. Hmm. Yes. So it's not poetry per se. It's philosophy of war over 13 chapters. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, listen, that I'm surprised you would recommend that, but okay. No, that's, that's just what um, was being given to me to check out in case that would be something interesting to go over. But uh, the Warrior Pro Way, if you want a quick summary on it, it has, uh, th- this is its subtitle of it, of it. The Warrior Poet Way, a guide to living free and dying well. Interesting. That's short and sweet to the mm-hmm. point. Yep. Hmm. But that's not what we're here to discuss today. No. We're here to discuss chapter, the long. When I say long, I <sighs> mean, I was reading through this book and I was like, wait a minute. Did they skip a, did I miss the chapter heading to mm-hmm. chapter 20? No, no, I was only about halfway through chapter 19 and I go, oh boy. And I continue reading. And then, then I was like, let me see how many, I was like, oh boy, this scrolls for a long time. <laughs> so I hit chapter 20. Yeah, it's a long one. So chapter 19 of, thick. of this, uh, by Packer is called knowing God. Uh, no sons of God. Yeah, I meant to say chapter 19 of Knowing God is called Sons, Sons of, of God. God. There we go. Okay. And he he starts off right away with this where he says, the richest answer I know is that a Christian is one who has God as a father. To which, again, this is, that's like sentence two of, of this, or is it? Nope, that's, yeah, that's sentence two of, of this, of this chapter. Because the first sentence is, what is a Christian? Right, it's a question. Yeah, but Wait. it's still a sentence. And then sentence two and is this, essentially. Oh, Because it, oh, okay. it's after yeah, a comma. It's yeah, after a comma. Yes, it is. So, again, this is sentence two. I hadn't read further into the chapter yet. I literally was taking notes as I was going through it. And I wrote this. Oh, jeez. What's interesting, then, is for someone who grew up fatherless and doesn't understand what it means to have a father. Okay. How does this then apply to them? Because the idea of having a father is a foreign concept to them. And now later on in the chapter, he does go, well, people who say that, you know, people grew up without a father, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm sorry, sir. Let me take your father privilege. And, uh, (laughs) I know spoken like a true millennial. (laughs) Take, take it in the parlance of the common day. Uh, but but no, I was like, but in my head, I was going, okay, your father privilege is showing. <laughs> no, but but it is real. You know, someone like Packer who, or you, who grew up with the father 100% of the time, you're not going to be know what it's like for someone maybe who like was born and never knew their father, you know, growing up. That's a different dynamic. I at least got to know my father part of the part of my life you know right you know first 14 years so i at least got that and even then that it was still still tough that was still difficult not now so that's was like i was like yes 
in, in your mind, intellectually, I get why he's saying that. It makes sense, but that it's a it's a far different reality. I mean, that's why it's, you that's why yeah. you have books now. Well, I mean, that's what the beyond beyond Packer's book. Well, I'm not. Sorry. Oh, I'm not looking at. I'm just looking at the Bible in general. Right, but yeah. that's why you have books now. Like, and I read this book. I'm trying to remember what it is off the top of my head. Um, where basically it was saying how to learn to have God as your father. Okay. You know, because that, that was a, a thing I kind of, in a way had to learn. Uh huh. Because that is what it is. Uh, but I think I can find this here. Maybe. Oh, fathered by God by John Eldridge. Okay. Like that was a book I went through just to kind of learn that as well. Just what does it mean to be, have God as a father. What what does it mean for that to happen? And it was geared specifically to those who maybe grew up with a broken home or grew up um, with you know what the father with, left or father died. You know, right. you know, including like my situation where my father died. You know, was what does that mean in that regard? Because it's slightly mm-hmm. different. You know, and so I I can kind of come at this from a different perspective. Uh-huh. I, I get it. Still, I'm not dis- discounting it. Not at all. No discount at all. And so I think yeah, it's still a good thing, but it, it, it's one where I, when I think of it, I give it a little different credence than maybe Packer does. Because Packer is like, oh, it's just so simple. Da, da, da. But Well, I think it's, I don't know, for me, is I have like a hard time. I find myself, I guess, trying to see both sides of it. Because like to some degree, it's, I feel like it, can be simpler than people make it out to be. Is it easy per se? No. But it's not so complex where it's like, because what if you have somebody that doesn't have a father, but then also does not have all of the, I guess, extra material to use. Like, so you were talking about how you had like a, a another book about like trying to have how you, look at God being your father sort of thing. Like what mm-hmm. if they literally just have the Bible? Right. Isn't that still just enough for the person? Potentially, but, it, but, and here's where I'm coming from it. Mm-hmm. You know, again, this is where I go. You know, it, it, it's a slightly different experience because he's talking about all this and he's making the assumption that someone who's reading this. Right grew up with the father, understands that the father does this, 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 and the family and that, where maybe that person, yeah, yeah. or maybe that, you know, again, me, like I said, I grew up with the dad, so I kind of get some of it, but maybe someone who didn't grow up with father at all uh, doesn't. Like, for example, I was just watching uh, MASH. Yeah. It's an old TV show, in case you don't know what MASH is. Do you know what mash yes. is? Yes. Oh, yeah, I do. It, okay. Yeah, like a military army whatever. Army show. hospital in the Vietnam yeah. War. Yeah. Because Hulu just released MASH, and they upscaled it to HD. Whoa. So. Thick. I was so happy. And then they just, <laughs> and then on January 1st, they released a MASH reunion special. So mm-hmm. I was even happier. Um. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. But I just got to the episode yesterday, actually. Not, forgot that this episode wasn't even in there. Mm-hmm. And you have this guy who just been, um, he's in the hospital laying that, you know, he just had surgery on him, got injury of some sort, right? All these guys making fun of him and, you know, 
uh, Potter. I don't know if you remember him at all. No, Colonel I won't know names. Okay, Colonel Potter. He's in. So I'm in season ten, so near the end of the series. He's the guy who came in like season four or five, something like that. Anyways, as the CEO of the of the base of the hospital. Older guy in the 60s. He's a surgeon, kind of a father figure to the people there. But anyways, the guy laying there, you know, he's being made fun of by people in his own platoon because he didn't learn all these things from his dad. Like, not like all, you know, whatever it may be. And like Potter sits down, they're talking, they're like, Oh yeah, I enjoy fly fishing, blah, blah, blah. And Potter goes, Yeah, I tie my own flies, blah, blah, blah. And the guy goes, Yeah, I just buy mine. He goes, Didn't your dad ever teach you how to tie a fly boy? Right. He goes, I didn't know my dad ever. Yeah. And he just saw immediately that look on his face like, oh, so your dad never taught you these things. Right. You never knew what it was like. It just it just kind of hit home for me even more that that concept there uh, when I watched, when I, well, I was more listening to it than watching mm-hmm. at that point because I was working on other stuff. I was working on some notes for today and some other things. Oh, okay. Um, so it was just kind of off in the side playing on my phone. Right. Uh, when I heard that and I just stopped for a moment, I was like, yeah, that's how it is. Sometimes, you know, that's, that's why there's this guy on YouTube. It's an older guy, older than me. Uh, I have to specify that because you think, you're, you think, you think you're old, old man, but he does tutorials for guys on, he's like, this is stuff you should have learned from your dad sort of things. How to how to tie a tie, how to change a tire, how to do all that. And he just made YouTube tutorials on all those things. He's like, things your dad should have taught you. And he, and his YouTube channel is specifically for guys without fathers. Help, you know, helping them learn these things. Obviously, he's not being a substitute for a father because he can't provide that thing that a father can provide for his kids. The guidance, the wisdom, the love, the acceptance and all that, right? But he's trying to fill in some of those knowledge gaps. So, so yes, I get it. You're like, yeah, we should be able to get that concept of what a father is through the Bible, through whatever, yeah. through, but there's also that there is, there's, there's, there's a just, benefit to having a, like a physical in-person father. Yes. So that's one way of putting it. I was going to say there is a void there for someone who is fatherless where they don't understand some of those concepts that we, and I say we, I'm talking about you and me. Yeah. That we take for granted. There's things that we take for granted about that father, son, or, you know, father, daughter relationship. If you're a girl, yeah, there's things that we take for granted about that, that people who didn't grow up with a father or a father figure, you know, cause someone maybe like they're born and their father died in an accident or something. And then, mm-hmm. you know, someone came into the life, um, as a mentor or father figure or, you know, a stepfather for, you know, that married their mother, you know, sort of deal, you know, those situations, one of those things. So a father, a mentor, that's a father like figure or a stepfather, literally a stepfather that walks in, you know, is, you know, not really by blood, but by merit or something like that. Yeah. There is an advantage to having that. And there's that relationship and that grounding there that is just assumed in this chapter. Okay. That, 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 that's what I say, you know, when I, when I read it, there is that assumption there with it. You can still get stuff out of it, even if that, that's not the case, where you don't have that. Right. But 
there's that assumption there that that sort of familial relation or philia relationship is there. I'm just trying to think of what I've learned from my old man, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you've learned a lot. I mean, I'm I'm sure there is stuff. I think one of the most, the biggest things I have learned from my dad without him actually saying or teaching me or telling me about it is just, I guess it's one thing that I've noticed, like looking back on, I don't know, like when he was, when he worked and stuff like that, is just like, I don't know, just realizing all the work that he has done to provide and keep, well, obviously put food on the table sort of stuff and like kind of like what it takes to do that at times, especially when during like tough times. Like I guess for him, like looking at how much he used to work and this was a good, I guess, example per se. Like with him having late nights and doing a ton of working where I didn't see him much, uh, taught me like I guess I guess one of the things as a father of providing for and working for your family sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also one of the biggest things, also since he's especially since he's since he has been retired, <laughs> is the amount of. Well, all the more time that he's spent, I guess, well, hopefully studying and reading the Bible and trying to learn more and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. seeing him doing that a lot, I guess, shows me the importance and of also getting into the word and reading it and studying it. Especially if he's doing it as much as he's doing. I don't know. It just shows that there is something more to it than what you just obviously hear at church and just standard Christianese talk sort of stuff. I don't know. For whatever reason, that just adds more depth to to it for me or emphasizes the importance of it more, even in his old age. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's one thing that has also given me some, I guess, like sort of peace of mind and not feeling like a complete failure per se. Cause it's like when I've talked to him about stuff, like with just going over my head, there's not a lot that necessarily sinks in, at least for quite some time to realize that he's, we're, him and I are both quite the same in that way. It's like, oh, okay. I'm not just a complete, complete idiot. I might not be smart, but I'm not a lost cause per se. So I guess those are probably some of the biggest things I think I've learned from the old man as far as like, I don't know. I actually, I suppose having respect for people's property is something I've also learned from him to treat others stuff nicely and with respect and not just being stupid with it. <gasps> Cause he's taught me by destroying my stuff when I've been careless with other people's stuff. <laughs> Interesting. So, I don't know. I I don't know. It's, I guess I'm just like looking back, like a lot of the stuff, like as far as like tying a tie, I've never learned how to do that. Right. You know, those are some. There's a, there's a lot of like the, the stuff that's not important. Depends on the business you're in. Well, but you have YouTube. Yeah. 
Like there's a lot of that, like some of that sort of stuff can be learned through so many other people. Like you can still have father figure. Like one of my friends never had a good relationship right. with her, with their dad and her, but she had a father figure. You're saying at church. Yeah. Yes. She ended up developing one. I mean, this was gosh, years ago. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that's why I said, yeah, father, father figure, adopted father. Yeah. Cause any one of those are good. Those provide that right relationship. Yeah. Some of it is the peripheral stuff like tying a tie, but some of it is that relational it's stuff. It's deep. It, some of yeah. it isn't necessarily things that you learn directly, but you're, you're taught through that interaction Example and yep. watching them live their life. Exactly. Yeah. So, which I mean, I, I, gosh, I am curious now. Like, I want to find somebody that, I don't know, didn't have a father growing up and maybe just somehow was, I don't know. I don't know. Curious. Curious about what? If there's some, well, there's got to be someone out there that didn't grow up with a father, with a father, but then had a friend that introduced them to Christ and God and then. Had that be, I don't know. Difficult. See how, well, yeah. And obviously being difficult, but it's like, it's there. So, I don't know. Yeah. Curious. I'm just telling you, as someone who grew up with the fire only the first 14 years and then, yeah. you know. Well, it's, yeah. He, he, it was hard for me, and I'm telling you this, you know, not as example, as example, but, but yeah. as, you know, whatever. In my 20s, I found it hard to imagine imagine is not the right word but to relate the fact that god was my father right i could in my head that didn't work out Uh because i didn't really have my dad during my you know my teen years i guess you could say that 14 to to 18 20 you know when you're really growing you know kind of growing Uh and going through this thing so in my head that didn't click it took me a while for that to click i would say probably my late 20s early 30s is when that finally clicked on what that meant Mm -hmm. and it took that little bit of time so for some guys that you know some people that doesn't click ever maybe so that's rough that sucks if that's yeah that's i know but it but it 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 is i'm not i'm not saying then you know chapter 19 and should be just thrown out oh no no, no, i'm not saying that but i'm saying some people i'm not saying all i'm saying some people uh might have a little bit of trouble relating to how 19, chapter 19 fits into their lives. Right. Because of what, what it starts out saying, saying that Christian is one who has God as a father. To them, they go, what does that mean? Right. Or, but conversely, let's say they had a really bad father. Bad, yeah. That might be something. That'd be a deterrent. And I'm talking about someone who maybe was abused or something right. like that. Yep. So, yep. But yeah, having a father would be a scary thing because uh-huh. of the outlook you have of what a father is. Exactly. Yes. So, anywho, all yeah. that <laughs> just from that one little sentence. <laughs> on a great start. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, quickly he goes into it and he goes, sonship is not therefore universal status into which everyone enters by natural birth. Right. The supernatural gift which one receives through receiving Jesus. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. What? 
That's there's uh, <laughs> there's this gal on the news like whenever it comes up about like religious EEE stuff or whatever. Or something goes on, like, she'll say, like, you know, we're all God's children and stuff like that. But it's like, no, I mean, we aren't. We're his creation. Yes. We aren't all his children. So that's one thing that, like, always, and, like, as soon as I read, it's, well, what, the fourth sentence of the thing was the idea that all children of God, wait, the idea that all are children of God is not found in the Bible anywhere. Yeah. Yep. So I was just like, this, well, as soon as I read that, I thought immediately of that. It's just like, how many people do just say this? Like, oh, we're God's children, yada, yada, yada. I was like, nah, no. Right. And they further emphasize that here, um, was this, on page 201, where it says, sonship to God, then, is a gift of grace. It is not a natural, but an adaptive sonship. And so the New Testament explicitly pictures it. And then they go on to talk about something that I didn't know about until I read this book. And uh-huh. I did some research, and it turns out to is beyond true. And I am impressed. It's beyond true. Yeah. Whoa. How Which is the true. next sentence here. When I mean like beyond true, like it's true, I'm, and then there's even more to there's it. This, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So in the next sentence here it goes, in Roman law, it was a recognized practice for an adult who wanted an heir and someone to carry on the family name to adopt a male as his son, usually at age rather than in infancy as is common way today. In other words, a, someone who had some money yes. when they were older, and let's say they didn't have any children, they or buy one. or they had children that they're like, ah, no, I don't want them to carry on my name, right? Right. They wouldn't go out and adopt a child. They would find someone like your age and say, I'm adopting you, Aaron. Oh, right. And adopt you. You then inha- become- Inherit the, their name. Inherit their name and their fortune, and you continue their family their f- name. line, yeah. Which is kind of stupid, but well, they did it. Yeah, but remember, when we're talking about adoption now, in mm-hmm. the New Testament, mm-hmm. we're talking about that as the cultural backdrop now. We're not talking about adoption as being adopted when you're a little tiny baby. No. <laughs> straight, out, <laughs> straight out of the womb. You're being adopted right, no. as this... As, as someone, an adult or you're, you're being ad- adopted as someone who has great wealth and riches, adopting you to carry on the family name. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's it's that concept that they were adult men who were adopted, not children. Mm-hmm. And then the, someone else made a point here. Um, Adoption meant transferring from an old authority to a new authority. And here's what they wrote. In Roman law, a son, this isn't in the book, by the way, this is somewhere else. In Roman law, a son was the property of his father. He had no possessions of his own and legally the father could sell him as a slave or even put him to death if he wanted to. Roman adoption transferred a son from the complete authority of one father slash master to another father slash master. The son can no longer inherit from his first father, and many commentaries say old debts were canceled. Hmm. You start bringing that in, that concept of adoption into the New Testament and the gospel, and all of a sudden it starts becoming a little bit more clear when they talk about adoption, why it is so powerful and so rich in that regards. Hmm. So Paul is writing his 
stuff here in Romans, particularly about adoption with this as the background context of what adoption meant to the Christians in that time. Cause they would be familiar with what adoption meant in Roman era in right. the Roman empire. So that, so keep that in mind, you know, as you're, as you're reading through this concept of adoption. Now I'm going to say what I say here. Um, Packer creates like bullet points under bullet points, under bullet points, under bullet points here uh -huh. about adoption. And it starts to get a little too into the weeds, so to speak for me in some parts where yeah. I actually went pages without highlighting. Cause I was like, okay, you're just repeating yourself in a, in a way. But this concept of adoption in that regard is kind of beautiful because if you think about it, <laughs> I made sure to include that statement there uh, as a foreshadowing of things. If you think about it so much here, old debts were canceled when you were adopted and transferred from the authority of one to the other. Right. Through Christ, we are literally our adopted. Are. We, our debts are canceled as we move from the authority slash master of death satan to the authorities slash ownership of god mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty that's makes pretty it amazing. even even all the more better there mm -hmm. yeah that does that definitely adds a lot to it all right so Oh, what? Nah. <laughs> Mind blown. As we continue on through, I don't know if you have stuff highlighted here now. I mean, there's, I don't know. There's a few things like here and there. Okay. Just going, uh, it was just on 202 where it talks about this, the whole spirit of the Old Testament religion <clears throat> was determined by the thought of God's holiness. Religion was the fear of the Lord, mm -hmm. more so in like in the Old Testament. I'm guessing that's what was going on, or what it's getting at. The constant emphasis was the human beings because of their weakness as creatures and their defilement as sinful creatures must learn to humble themselves and be reverent before God, which, I mean, that's still a thing in the New Testament. Right. Right. I don't know. That's where, I don't know. When I was just like, hmm. Yes, go ahead. We'll get to that more kind of, he fleshes that out later on here. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe both me and you might have some similar comments on what he says oh, okay. later on in the chapter. Okay, cool. Based on what you said earlier. Before recording. Oh, geez. I don't remember <laughs> what I said. Dude. I know. That's why I, Okay. But anyways, is of a goldfish. Continue on into the into the book. Then it does talk about. It, it starts off the next section. But in the New Testament, things have changed. Yes, uh, for the covenant which binds him to his people now stands revealed as a family covenant. Where is that? I'm looking. Oh, there it is. I yep, see it. it's on page two. Yes. Wait, that's two or two or two or three. Uh, mine two. says 202, but it might be 203 oh. in yours. 
Regardless. Okay. Yeah. Anywho. It's under the heading a new relationship. Yep. All right. Yep. So it's continuing on now. We're now we're talking about new covenant, New Testament covenant theology, and that. And this is where. <sighs> this is where I disagree with this statement. Okay. And this is again going back to that second sentence in the chapter. Okay. It's on two hundred three. He he goes. But this is silly. For in the first place, it is just not true to suggest that in the realm of personal relations, positive concepts cannot be formed by contrast, which is the suggestion implicit here. Uh, so what he's getting at is before that, the paragraph before that, yes. he, it, it says, I've heard it seriously argued that the thought of divine fatherhood can mean nothing to those whose human father was inadequate, lacking wisdom, affectionate, affection or both, nor to those many more whose misfortune it was to have a fatherless upbringing. I have heard Bishop Robinson's revealing failure to say anything about divine fatherhood and honest to God defended on the, these grounds oh. as a brilliant move in commending the faith to a generation which the family life has largely broken down. Mm-hmm. Again, this is all going back to sentence two, right. my little yeah. uh, commentary at the beginning where I'm like, I'm sorry, your uh, father, your father privilege is showing backer. <laughs> You know, yeah. I, I, you, well, you, I guess, yes, you, to, okay. you know, yeah. and what's funny, he goes, family life has already broken down. And this is written in the seventies. I know yeah, it's even worse it, now. Uh, yeah. How much worse is it now? 50 years later. Right. Can you imagine? It's, it's a lot it's more wide. 50 years later. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say it's definitely obviously a lot more wide. Well, a lot more common and widespread than it was probably back then. Yeah. I mean, the concept has always been there. That's never something that's been gone. It's just mm-hmm. on a greater scale now. Um, yeah. well, this is where I wonder if he's had friends that didn't have a father. I don't know. And I'm, I would be curious as to what they would have said in response to this. Yeah. But I'll never find that out. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. So that's, and that's why I wonder, like, I wonder, like, did he have friends that were fatherless or had horrible fathers for yeah. their upbringing, and maybe that's part of the reason as to why he has the ideas he does. Yeah, and his argument to why that's a bad argument is well, many people get married resolving not to make the same mistakes that their parents made in marriage. Right. I'm like, but at least you had both your parents there in a marriage to use it as an example. <laughs> you had a negative influence in that regard as opposed to a void. Right. Now, well, I guess for, for the for the one who has a bad father example, you could say you could say that's a good exa- a one to one comparison there. Right. I say the only other thing I guess you'd have as a fatherless upbringing, as as to like not having a father at all, not a bad one, just not one at all. I mean, I'd imagine you'd only be able to learn from friends' parents that have parents if you hang out and spend time with any of your friends. Hopefully you can learn stuff from them. Mm-hmm. But then that's another thing too, I suppose, is I, know, I guess like the biggest thing is like, are they ever introduced to um God? And then do they ever well, I guess read and learn about God being father and how he's a father to us and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. But And then the next statement It's still yeah, okay, go ahead. And then the next statement, and I literally just put false after this statement, was this. Yeah. The truth is that all of us have a positive ideal of fatherhood by which we judge our own and others' fathers. 
It can be safely be said that the person for whom the thought of God's perfect fatherhood is meaningless or repellent does not exist. Wait, where is that? Uh, mine says 204. It's... Uh, what It starts off with what? It's, oh, the truth is that all yeah. of us have a positive ideal of fatherhood by which we judge our own. Yep. Others' fathers. Yeah, no, wait, how... Yeah. So he says that the person for whom the thought of God's perfect fatherhood is meaningless or repellent does not exist. No, there are people who definitely... I can guarantee you, I've talked with these people before, um, one-on-one in, when I was in college and other places where that they do have those thoughts and feelings because of how they grew up with either a broken house or, a, you know, abusive father, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, take it for the context of which was written in back in the seventies. I get it. Where it was a lot less, um, what's going on now, let's say. <laughs> Do you have any comment on that? Not at the moment, no. I mean, from what you said, I mean, yeah, obviously people have wrong or false, I guess. Well, just, yeah, wrong outlooks and don't understand stuff. But I'm trying to read it and I know my brain hurts. Your brain hurts? Yeah, always. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Say, so what made your brain hurt with that? I don't know. I just don't, I don't like his his phrasing and stuff. It just ugh. yeah, it's phrased like an ABR song. Ah, that's why I don't listen to the lyrics too much. <laughs> that's why I like Jonathan Young better. You can understand the lyrics. Well, understanding the lyrics and having complicated lyrics are two different things. I'd rather be able to understand than have them be cream of the cream epic. Complicated. There. <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. That doesn't have to be you, sir. You can have a completely different opinion. That's fine. Oh yes. <laughs> Save that clip. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I know exactly what I would do with that. Oh no. <laughs> uh oh. If you ever get married, when they go, Aaron, do you say I do? Play that real quick over the sound Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> you would, Boom. what would you do? <laughs> I'd probably just laugh. <laughs> All right, yep. And your future wife would shoot me. <laughs> nah. Well, she is, I mean, she is a hunter, so. It's all right. <laughs> I always carry two. That's fair. Anywho, back to the book. It's going to be a cold western shootout at my wedding, I guess. Oh, boy. Wedding and a funeral. <laughs> Might as well get them two birds and one stone, man. Till death, yeah. til death do you part? Far- wow. <laughs> that was quick. That didn't last long. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Gosh. Anyways. So the book. So was there anything else in the, uh, well, I shouldn't say anything else because there's a lot of this chapter that yeah, the continue was on with it. Because uh, the next highlight I have isn't until the next uh, 
like a main headline, which is adoption, the highest privilege. Oh, okay. So I don't know if you have anything between my last, this last statement I read and this one. I just, uh, for myself, I just underlined it, underlined it. (laughs) Wow. Underlined where it talks about first fatherhood is implied authority. Father commands and disposes. Second, fatherhood implied affection. The father's love for the son. Third, fellowship. I am not alone, for my father is with me. And then fourth, which the fourth is the last one, right? Uh, or is there more? There might be more. No, that's the last one. Yep. Um, fourth, father fatherhood implied honor. God wills to exalt his son yep and that i mean that's i guess what how to be a father those are four things to how to be a father right and those are the four things that a fatherless person might not understand might not have they're gonna they're gonna understand that they're gonna understand authority okay because, yeah, authority is a pretty easy yeah. one to grasp but affection whether you like it or not right you know, affection thing. they might not now, affection because yes. there's a difference between affection and lust and you know being in love with someone oh absolutely those are three different things right yes. they might understand lust and love but they might not understand affection necessarily there's a difference between right. the affection from your mother and the affection from your father especially for sons but even then you know in daughters too you know there's a difference in how your how your mother shows you she loves you mm-hmm. i'm sure and there's a difference in the way your dad shows you that he loves you right okay so yeah i'd, I'd have to say yeah the the last three the affection fellowship and honor are probably the ones that people wouldn't get the most yeah um and if you can't understand those in a human context, it's going to be difficult to understand. As I say, in a human context where there's someone there, it's harder to understand that in the context when there's someone, you know, God's with you all the time, but you can't physically see him. He doesn't manifest physically. He did that with Jesus, but that was it. Right. We don't have that currently in this day and age. No. So that's why no. it's a little different, but that's why there, there's that extra hurdle there. It's mm-hmm. not, I'm not saying it's impossible. Oh, no. I mean, I no. guess the best, I would imagine the best way to get any of that is through the, the church, the, the body is and, where you'd get those things from someone within the church. That yeah. But even then we're, st- we're starting to fail that we're starting to fail. Oh, young men. Look, yeah. look, our, our young men are looking to people like Andrew Tate and <sighs> because they are pr- promoting this like strong masculinity. And they're like, we want something. And they turn there instead right. of to the guys in the church. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, obviously there's also, I mean, it's, it's spread around a lot more these days obviously than it used to be but just like the the cases of the nasty people in the church for the guys that just like to uh you know uh diddle kids and all that kind of gross yeah. stuff or just do well yeah what 
cheat with women at the church or whatever. And also, I mean, all the bad examples, like that's probably the thing that gets the most highlighted and people probably easiest to see is all the bad stuff that happens within the church. Then it's like, Oh, I I don't want any of that to do anyways. Yep. Uh, Well, I don't want anything to do with that anyways. So yeah. I mean, yeah, we're destroying our own testimony and witness to those of God from eh, idiots in the church. Yes. All right. So, yeah. So you have stuff for adoption, the highest privilege. Yep. So then we, Mm -hmm. we start going into this where he starts talking about adoption, the highest privilege. And this is when we start getting nested bullet points. (laughs) And uh, when it starts going crazy, but before we get there, a quick tangent. Yeah. All, uh, all this talk about adoption uh-huh. reminded me on Twitter. It was back in October, November of last year. This whole big thing on Twitter that started creeping up in the Christian sphere of Twitter. I'm going to read you something. And then I want your commentary on it. Because it made me think of this immediately when we start talking about adoption here. And I go, yep, okay. Uh, this is from a particular guy on Twitter. His name is Eric Kahn, C-O-N-N. No idea. This is what he wrote. There is no moral obligation to adopt children, not from the ghetto, Sudan, or Russia. Contra the trendy movement led by Russ Moore and David Platt, the gospel does not require adoption. In fact, it is often unwise and detrimental to do so. Loving your own is natural, not sin. Yeah. <laughs> what? Loving your own? Yeah. Is natural, not so. What does he mean by loving your own? Your own children, your own. It, it's up for, you know, definition there. What does loving your own? What I can gather based on context is like loving your own children is okay. You don't have to adopt. That's what he's kind of getting at. Okay. He also says, Um, many of the same people pushing adoption, not a command, were okay if you had few or no children biologically, an actual command, complete inversion of scripture. In other words, he, this guy isn't, you know, cause there's a lot of Christian organizations out there that are like, Hey, adopt from right. these places, what, whatever. And he's like, no, if you're not having kids, you're not following scripture. And if you're adopting, you aren't following scripture. Oh, that's, oh, if you're adopting kids, you're not following scripture? You know, and you're not having kids of your own. Okay. Yeah. Now that you say it like that, it's like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, and the fact that he says, in fact, it is often unwise and detrimental to do so, to do so is adopting. Right. Loving your own is natural, not sin. Oh. Okay, well, now that you just broke it down like that, when you say loving your own is natural, not sin, so he's saying that adopting is a sin. No, he's saying ad- loving your own, like, let's say, okay, I'm just going to throw this out here, right? Uh-huh. Let's say you had two children with you and your wife, whoever that may be. Yeah. And you decide to adopt someone. Yes. Adopt a kid, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. From China. Okay. Amy, Amy's brother. Yay! <laughs> okay. What he's saying then, he's saying, well, that's, wrong that you were to adopt instead of having an kid on your own oh well right yeah okay so yeah but yeah so he's basically saying that adopting yep. is a sin versus yep. having your own kid yep 
Yeah. But I, so, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I just, when I was, as we're going through all this about yeah. adoption and everything, you know, that was, you know, part of the things that started coming up. Um, that's, that's what I don't under, why would, it was this big old, that is so, it is weird. Cause like, especially now, well, okay. Granted, like thinking, I don't know, trying to read the Bible within a year sort of thing, whatever. And as I've been reading through Genesis, it's crazy to hear, well, granted, obviously things were obviously very different at that time than it is today. I mean, people lived to be stupid old back then. But, like, hearing about, well, just Abraham and Sarah, how they didn't have a kid of their own until they were late in years sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Like, it makes me think of, I mean, I have a family member that they, well, yeah, they couldn't, like, physically have a kid. Like, for whatever reason, it just never worked out, no matter how many times they, they tried together. Right. So I believe they've adopted someone by at this point. So it's, yeah, I guess like, what do you do if you literally cannot physically have kids? Like, why is that? I I don't see adoption as a problem at all. No. These, that's what I said, these strange people here in the Christian Twitter sphere are just weird. They're they're also like, yeah, they, they get up in arms about other little things too. And I'm like, really? Do you have not anything else in your world to do? Then to, clearly not. No, where there's things are going. Oh, you, we got to talk about the people who dress with a scarf. Oh no, <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty bad. Yeah, scarves are not good. So, yeah, it's just yeah. I I guess that that's really stupid to say that adoption is a sin versus having a kid to be well a natural. Yeah. We uh, have it just naturally within like, like me when I was younger, right? I, and this was a thought. It was like, if I ever got married or whatever, I wouldn't want to have natural kids because of my own uh, genetic history with Agent Orange. Right. I get that. Be like, nope, adopt. There's enough kids out there anyways that need adoption that don't have families. There is. Well, there is a plethora of that, too. It's tough. Guess what? Those kids become part of your family. They're not just like little accessories for you. They they're part of your family. Right? right now. They are. Yeah. I, I man. I, that is an interesting thing. Like that slightly been on my mind. Not. I guess not a ton. What kids? Yeah. Like the well, the thought of having them is kind of scary. But like, I know for like some people that i know they're very against like contraceptives or whatever especially and, in like the catholic sphere well yeah yeah that's for sure but like even just like okay like um obviously like i am against like uh what well, plan b and stuff like that mm-hmm. um i guess the only like preventative i would use as like a birth control per se would be like a condom or something like that but there's like people that i know that i even like that's like why like don't even like you shouldn't even be doing that right like if it happens it happens okay so we're gonna get into birth control story hour with Aaron now yeah so condoms okay yeah uh birth control pill for the woman okay or not i guess so what does that do i guess per se like i guess i don't have 
it's not like a plan B sort of thing where it like it, once an egg is fertilized, it just washes it out. Is it? Or what is, I thought it was just something that just, I guess, prevents an egg from being fertilized. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Yay. Learning time. Wow. Woo! The things that you uh, have to teach with Aaron sometimes are, it's stuff I haven't worried about looking into because I don't have to worry about it yet. All I, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I guess the only thing I would ever plan on using would be, I guess, I suppose, would be a condom, sort of. Okay. As far as, yeah, any sort of birth control per se. But that's where I've also learned that, I mean, you can obviously still try and have a kid as a couple. And even if you don't avoid uh, or don't take any precautionary measures to make sure that you don't have a kid, you still might not have a kid. Well, and especially recently in the world, right now, um, I think we've talked about this before, touched on this before, sperm counts of men are going down. Yeah, right. There's that too. So, I mean, yeah. Okay, so birth control pills. Yes. Let's get back to that. Tell me about it. There's two different, there's a couple different types. Okay. Uh, so there's the type that's typical, which is uh, contains two different hormones. Okay. Which is the FSH, follicle stimulating hormone, and okay. uh, LH. L- I can't even pronounce it. Lutazine hormone, right? Whatever. Okay. Okay. Anyways, FSH and LH, those two, right? Okay. Those two. All right. Um. Well, I'm sorry. Those are the hormones that are in there. And okay. then the birth control would suppress that, those hormones. Okay. When that does is basically the chances of ovulation. What's ovulation? Is... <sighs> Biology class with Aaron. Yeah, oh, my gosh. All as I know, I guess, that I think I know about ovulation is like a woman's like peak time of fertile being fertile what what, what happens during an ovulation i don't know it's not about an egg being ready to go it's an egg is released oh an egg is just released okay there we go <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so if those hormones are suppressed yes then ovulation doesn't occur if no ovulation occurs what can't happen the egg is not released which means it can't be fertilized which means no child okay so I guess like as long as an egg isn't actually being fertilized and that life isn't right. created. Well, there's a different type of birth control as well. Yes. Which is a progestin only birth control. Okay, this sounds gross, but listen. That birth control pill causes the mucus in the cervix to thicken, making it more difficult to sperm for sperm to, to reach through. the egg. Therefore, okay. ovulation doesn't occur. Okay. Or no, I'm sorry, ovulation still occurs. But the egg's not actually released. The egg's not fertilized. All right. So the, if the mucus thickens, yes, sperm can't get through. Yes. Therefore, it can't get fertilized. The egg can't fertilize the egg, and then it just passes through. Well, yeah, the sperm dies, and then the egg. Right. Well, and the egg is flushed out. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. So I guess in my mind, as long as an egg is not actually fertilized, mm-hmm. I don't see an issue with it. Okay. But as soon as an egg is fertilize and then you get rid of it in my mind that's plan b or plan b yes yeah so i guess if the life if there has been if life begins at well i guess what 
um, fertilization conception. Conce- yeah, that was the word I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. And you end it after that, then it's wrong. But if you stop it before any of that ever happens, I personally don't see an issue with it. But that's where I've had some friends just say, well, if God wants it to happen, it'll happen. If he doesn't want it to happen, it won't happen. But that's all. Like, in my mind, it's like, okay. I don't know. That just seems kind of ridiculous to me to have that sort of an argument. About yeah, that's it. that's the very Catholic uh, approach to it. That's why, like, they don't use condoms or anything like mm-hmm. that. And then. So, because it's like, I mean, he's given us minds to be able to think and be smart and wise about stuff like we don't have to just be carefree and be like oh if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't i don't know that just seems a little silly to me but yeah and like i said it, you know or you said i should say you know you use a condom there's no fertilization happening mm-hmm. both ingredients are still there they're just separate and yeah just never meet up one just gets tossed in the trash literally well both do that what? night <laughs> yes okay yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking because like it's, it's like if the egg is to release then you mean well it doesn't go in the trash per se it just gets flushed down and then bye-bye regardless but, yes so adoption is fine get over yourself this has been biology 101 with Aaron <laughs> sorry oh my gosh the more you know Man, what other biology classes are we going to have to have before your marriage? <laughs> uh, Probably a lot. <laughs> There's a lot I'm going to have to learn. <laughs> There's a lot that I'm learning and have to re-go over. So we'll find out, man. Don't worry, I won't go to you for everything. Go to your dad. No. <laughs> <laughs> go to her dad. No. <laughs> I don't want to. I'll go to somebody else tonight. I'll figure that out. They'll tell conference all of us in. Huh? And they'll tell conference all of us in. Okay. That sounds great. (laughs) Me, your dad, and her dad will all be on a video call with the person you go to. Oh, my gosh. Well, y'all have fun with that. (laughs) I'll enjoy all the conversations later. I mean, wouldn't be the weirdest one. Anyways. (laughs) So adoption. Yes. It's cool. I like adoption. <laughs> there ain't nothing wrong with adoption. Okay. Here's what I underlined here under this segment. What here. did you underline? As justification is the primary blessing, so is so it is the fundamental blessing in the sense that everything else in our salvation assumes it and rests on it, adoption included. And then he goes on to say, but this is not to say that justification is the highest blessing of the gospel. Adoption is higher, Mm. which is a very weird way to put it, but you know what? That's okay. Yeah. Was there anything else in this segment that stuck out to you? The other part that stuck out to me and so on because I was like, hmm, if you were here alive, Mr. Packer, we would have words. It, it's the right before adoption, the basis for our life. Okay. He says this. When one sees depression, randomness, and immaturity in Christians, one cannot but wonder whether they have learned the health-given habit of dwelling on the abiding security of true children of God. 
not all of that is always because of that uh, spiritual issue. Sometimes it is a physical, mental issue. Right. That that that's why I say me and him would have words. We wouldn't come to fisticuffs or anything, but we'd have words. Yeah, and I guess that's one thing you have to also take into consideration. Is obviously they didn't have the medical advancement back then that they do today, per se. Mm-hmm. No, well, granted, I mean he was alive until twenty twenty, but you know. But when the book was written. When the book was written in and of itself, yes. Yep. I mean, there's been, there hasn't been a whole lot done to it for like changes as time goes on. I thought there was a couple like small minor changes. Yeah. Additions to the book, but not complete. Yeah. Not complete full on like anything rewritten. Um, That and as you get older, you can't comprehend newer stuff anyway. So whatever. Can't teach an old dog new tricks, I guess. Yep. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess you can for some, but not all of them. But yeah, there's definitely been a lot more stuff learned as time goes on. Yeah, but, like that's what I don't know. Like that's a th- like, um, just hearing about how, like, obviously how God is good, faithful, and all that, like he's always going to be in he's always going to take care of us one way or another so it's like i've you know you'll hear it where it's like you know there's no reason to be anxious or have all these other things that i mean yes like i mean we're told not to be anxious mhm but obviously to some degree we always will get anxious from time to time about something. Right? Right. Anybody. So I guess it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. It just, it, it, it's, I don't know. It just sits weird with me where people talk about, like, you know, obviously, well, we, you've mentioned this before where I've like, people say, well, if you're a Christian, like there's no reason to be depressed or have any of these other, th- well, I mean, you basically just said that already, but <laughs> Yeah, you literally just did say that yeah. now. It's, it, it's like when they talk about it like that, it's like, I, uh, it's so weird to me where people just have the mindset like there's no need for, or there's no reason to ever feel these way, feel this way if you are a Christian. But then even if you read back in like, in the Bible, well, this isn't the Bible. Uh, no, that's the this, this is definitely not the <laughs> this Bible. It's not a Bible. Um, um, reading back in the, like the Bible stories and stuff, it's like I, all these people that followed God all had their struggles and moments, right? So it's to say that we shouldn't feel it's a human response. Like what, to some degree, it's like you can't change that. I guess it's where do you go with it? Right? Yes, no, maybe so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it comes to the point of where do you let it just overtake you and you dwell on it and let it get a hold of your mind and change your mindset and where you, you know, either avoid or turn your back on God per se, or do you bring it to him and get help through it and with it and get over it? I don't know. Ah, whatever. Okay. (laughs) 
So I, I get what you're saying though. That is, yeah. That's what I said. We would have words. We wouldn't come to fisticuffs, but yeah. throwing some fists. No, yeah. we'd be no no throwing a fist. Have yeah. a civil discussion. There's no need for fist throwing in this. Regard. Not in this. No, no, not at all. There, I think there's ways to have that conversation and have it appropriately, and have it maturely. Whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now Aaron's going to tell us about how adoption is the basis for our life. Now. I am. <laughs> Uh, that is Packer's next segment where he says adoption, the basis for our life. Uh, yeah, this one is where he starts getting into Christian conduct and okay. prayer and life of faith. And he goes, what adoption shows us. So I don't know if you have anything in, in all this where you highlighted. The only thing that I highlighted was under Christian conduct where he oh, says okay. uh, Christians must seek to behave in public in a way that brings praise to their father in heaven. Their constant concern must be that which they are taught to voice at the outset of all their prayers. Our Father, hallowed be your name. I was like, hmm, interesting. And this is in like um, a list of points he has. Mm -hmm. So the first one being, uh, yes, the Christian conduct. So uh, number one is imitating the Father. Mm -hmm. Number two, glorifying the Father. Mm -hmm. Number three, pleasing the Father. Mm -hmm. So again, for those people who have no concept of what a physical father is to them, they might have a little trouble following along with this concept of why you would do this. Because right, it, it, like imitating the fire, for example, right? Yeah. You, well, I guess, who do you imitate? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, let's be honest here. Mm -hmm. You definitely have taken over some of the habits of your own. Shut dad. up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> definitely have. Okay. 100%. <laughs> I wasn't even going for that. I, 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 I was going an easy one to go for. I was going the motorcycles, the guns, the smoke, the cigar and pipes. Uh, <laughs> Spending habits. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, stuff you like to watch on TV, movies. You, you like to you like to you like the drag I, racing with him. You uh, like some of those old movies, the black and white. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just get out of here. All right. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, oh, you're you're using his camera tripod. Okay. All right. <laughs> You've gone too far. Yeah, but am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. No, you're right. Okay. Yes. So see? Yes. Imitation. Yes. Yes. Got that one. <laughs> You know, and under imitation goes, the children must show the family likeness in their conduct. You show the Johnson family conduct. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know See? What? You know what? What? No, no. Right. <laughs> I mean, from what I know of my dad, I definitely didn't pick up any of his conduct. I don't have cars all around that I'm fixing. I'm definitely not a mechanic of any sort. Mm. I don't trade repairs for worthless junk don't trade repairs for worthless junk. he would repair vehicles for people and be like oh here's a vcr <laughs> they'd give him a vcr that was broken so he'd barter and <laughs> yeah but for broken off. stuff yeah yeah i was like what uh so yeah there was stuff like that you know definitely did not do like my mom's like yeah the only thing that you got of your dad is and she goes, is you figure out stuff and not in technical stuff. But she's like, other than that, no. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, fine, whatever. I don't want to hear it. 
whatever. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, but yeah, you definitely are a Johnson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. What? There's... Nah, yeah, I am. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've talked with you about something, and you go, "I'm just like the old man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like my old man." Uh huh. Good yep. and bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, there's things to work on. <laughs> so see, imitation. Yep, that's there. Yep. <laughs> yep. Why, why y'all like? Yep. Yep. What's the next one? <laughs> Just kidding. Um. I. So then he talks about Christian prayer, about how adoption oh, okay. models that, and in, in the Sermon on the Mount and all that. I'm like, I think you're stretching, but okay. Wait, for what? For prayer. What about it? Because he says, adoption appears in the sermon as the basis of Christian prayer. I was like, uh, I think you're, you're stretching a little bit on this one, but you can have your point. That's fine. The Sermon on the Mount is what he's referring to. Oh. So he's saying adoption appears in the Sermon on the Mount as the basis of Christian prayer. I'm like, eh, kind of pulling at that one a little bit. Uh. And again, he says adoption appears in Sermon on the Mount as the basis of the life of faith. And you know, in, in here, he's basically going on. Um, he, he pulls this out. He goes, do not worry about your life, says the Lord. What will you eat or drink or about your body? What will you wear? But says someone, but says someone, this is not realistic. How can I help wor- worrying when I, when I face this and this and this? To which Jesus replies, your faith is too small. Have you forgotten that God is your father? Um, you know, basically he's going on about, like, for example, you know, 10 years from now, yeah, you're married, have the five children, three more on the way. <sighs> and you're like, how am I going to pay these bills? And Packer's going, oh, don't worry about it. That, that is such a weird... Obviously, that's an extreme situation you with your eight kids, but yes, I mean, you should be up to 10 by then. I'm not making up for Josh in this. No, 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 no. Josh and me. Uh... (laughs) You better start your schooling, boy. Yeah, right. Um, No, just kidding. That'll well, that's something that'll be interesting to get into. For the next chapter, uh, but that is it's like that is such a weird thing. What? Because it's like you don't want to just be, in a sense, reckless. Mm-hmm. Obviously, God is always going to provide for you, but there's also consequences for actions that you make. Right. And like you were pointing out earlier, we do have brains to be able to think through things. Mm-hmm. And we can realize that there are consequences on things when we take them. You know, if you're going to take, if you're going to bring another kid into the world, guess what? You're going to have to feed them, yeah. pay for their schooling, pay for right. all that stuff. Right. And that's where I to wonder, it's like, <clears throat> for the people that say, obviously, that God will provide for you. I mean... <sighs> I know that's just such a 
I guess, interesting. I'm not saying God doesn't provide. Right. Okay. She, yeah. But I'm going to say this as well. Unlike in the times of the New Testament, when, and I'm not saying there weren't beggars or people on the outs or poor in that time. There were, there yeah. definitely were. And you could say in the U.S., our poorest poor are richer than those in, in our parts of the world, which is true. Yes. But we still have children, elderly, sick, lame, who are suffering because they don't have access to resources, be that food, money, right. heat, whatever. They do need assistance in some way. Right. And if you're, and this is, I guess, where someone can come back at, at me and go, well, Paul, you're just not being one of faith. You know, if I look at my finances, let's say I have like two kids, right? And I look at my finances and go, man, we're just barely making it now. Yeah. It'd be crazy to bring a third. Love a third, but it'd be crazy finance-wise. Right. It would go, let's do it. We have to realize there's going to be some potential consequences where we go into debt more, where we're going to have to take out loans, where we're going to have... There's going to be things. And right. maybe God will help, you know, ease that. Mm-hmm. This gets into some other things, I think, in, in the next chapter as well, where it's one of those things of where we can go, we can do this, but realize there might be consequences of it. Mm-hmm. And we're just over-relying on this simple thing where we're saying, oh, God told me to go and have this third kid. And, well, where, and where we talk in the next chapter talks about that specifically. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's yeah, I don't know. It, and where I, where I think 19 and 20 kind of contradict each other in a little bit ways, but we'll go on with that. Right. What were you going to say? Well, no, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking for like, for some things, it's like, that's where it's, for those that say to wait and pray, wait on God and pray and have prayer and stuff and like all that. That just gives me the idea. It's like, you need some like supernatural, some sort of like just sign saying, do this. And, I don't mm-hmm. know. and it's just like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It just hurts my brain. A lot of things hurt my brain. Yeah, and the example they use of of, of trust, uh, it's a very simplistic one here. Um, we might have a crash, said the small girl anxiously, as the family car th- threaded its way through traffic. Trust Daddy, he's a good driver, said the mommy. The young lady was reassured, and she relaxed at once. Do you trust your Heavenly Father like that? If not, why not? Such trust is vital. It is in truth the mainspring of the life of faith, which... Without it becomes a life of at least partial unbelief. So I feel like trusting God with your life versus trusting your dad in a scary driving situation is very different. Yes and no. Yes and, and no. And he's using this as a simplistic example. Yes. Yes, I trust God with my life in that. Mm-hmm. My life, my soul. That's different than, let's say, I had no money, no job, 
no prospects of any kind now suffering. That's different than someone going, where, where am I going to get the next meal for my kids or for me? Mm-hmm. Slightly different. Because the, the, the food thing, that's temporal. That's here and now. That's a immediate moment thing. Trusting with my soul and my life, that's an eternity thing. Well, right. Yeah. So, so that, that, that well, as far as that goes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's why I think of them in my head differently because, you know, sometimes the answer is, or there is no answer for <laughs> those immediate temporal problems. Right, but but you're well. You're not saying that you don't trust him, though. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. But because what he's going back in here in this in this part of his chapter of his book is he goes back to the verses saying, you know, um, you know, referring back to oh, God takes care of the birds. Isn't he going to take care of you even more? Right. That that's not a a guaranteed promise because prosperity gospel people pull that out and use that it's not it's it's descriptive not prescriptive just like i told my mom the same thing about uh the daniel diet i was like that's descriptive not prescriptive Mm. do you know what that means descriptive not prescriptive what's prescriptive it's something that a doctor gives you to help you out it's a prescription yeah it's like you should follow this whatever this is whether it's taking a medicine or take going through this regimen or whatever right right descriptive is hey this is what happened during this time and maybe it was for a specific reason whatever you know and you're familiar with why they did all that fun stuff back there with the daniel diet and that so it was descriptive in other words that's what happened that time under that circumstance it's not prescriptive in that everyone else should do this at all times going forward yeah that that's essentially what it means. Okay. All right. Yeah. Descriptive versus prescriptive. But anyways, unless you have more on that. Mm-mm. Okay. Something that, you know, that he, so this is what, oh, I read this. I was like, really? He's spending like this whole big 30 pages of this book. Right. On this one segment. Right. Um, and he writes this, the word adoption appears only five times. And of those occurrences, only three refer to Christians present to Christians present relationship to God in Christ. In other words, it's used only the small amount of time. Right. But it takes up about 10% of the book to talk about adoption. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, really Packer drive me nuts, buddy. Mm. Uh, And then he beating the dead horse. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you agree with his, what he says his focus of the New Testament is? He goes, were I asked to focus the New Testament message in three words, my proposal would be adoption through propitiation. Hey, everybody. We're going to cut it there for this week's episode. Uh, the reason being, we still got at least another hour of, um, before I edited at least, to go. So I figure we're going to break this up into two weeks. And we'll continue the rest of chapter 19 here um, next week and finish up chapter 20 as well, where we finish talking about some more things here. But yeah, let us know. What do you, do you agree with Packer on what he's saying with some of these things? 
on adoption um, and adoption through propitiation that adoption is the key essentially in Packers uh, he calls it the highest blessing of the gospel you know let, let me know let me know what your thoughts are um, whether you fully agree with Packer where you don't agree that, that's up to you I'm kind of somewhere in that middle ground and you know I have to realize that you know I might have a misreading of Packer's words and that maybe you know down the road when I read through this book again maybe I'll rethink it through it's always a possibility don't know but let me know what your thoughts are on it let me know what you think of Packer's book and I know it's a very meaty heavy book so it's not the easiest thing to get through um if you don't want to read the actual physical book it is available on audiobook so you can go listen to it that way makes it a little bit easier especially if you're a little bit older you can just kind of lean back in the chair and listen to it be read to you all right well we'll catch you next week where we continue uh the rest of chapter 19 and chapter 20 as well and then the week after that well yeah you'll just have to wait and see